0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business, Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and we love to amplify the voices of women who have an amazing story. Today's guest happens to be a friend of mine. Her name is Janet Miller Evans. Janet, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Susan, and I'm excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
0: You bet. You know, sometimes when you know people and they're close to your world, like you and I do a lot of the same work in the same area and we're we're in these same groups, you don't think about how um, wow. You know, this this person I know might have a great story to share. You you know, you you tend to look outside your own immediate circle, and how silly of me to for all these years not have asked you to tell your story. So I'm super excited to finally get you on the show and ask you to tell the world a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, Susan, thank you. And um, it's nice to know that you recognize that I may have a story and I'm excited to share it. I grew up in a time where telling your story was always valuable in order to get the audience and to get others to understand you and know you. But I also grew up in a time where You didn't talk too much about yourself or your situations or even if you were talking about your accomplishments, you had to be very careful that it didn't come off as bragging, especially as a woman. So um, I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, and I was the youngest of my mom's six children. She was a single mom. She was a teacher. So education was very important to her. I went through public high school in Memphis, and matriculated over to the University of Tennessee at Knoxville where I got my undergraduate in business and at that time business was becoming a very popular major and particularly for women to be in business. I think there was five women in my graduating class um, and, uh, and it from the School of Business and I then went on to get my master's in public administration at the University of Tennessee at Knoxville and back then I just knew that or in my thinking, having a degree in business and a degree in public administration and government and civics, um, I could always be employable. So I, that's what I did. And I, I left. I
0: say one quick thing about that. Um, so first of all, I love that you opened the show with acknowledging that women especially were not really allowed to share their story Um, But I'm telling you, women like you and me, we're out there changing the world and not giving permission to, but creating a safe space for women to own their stories. And so I'm glad that you're owning yours. I think it's really remarkable that you chose business. I mean, we're about, I think you're a little younger than I am, but still, it was not um, the most popular course for women back then. And I think that's really courageous and wise. So... Just wanted to give you a big shout out on that.
1: Well, thank you. Uh, At the time, as I said, I was thinking about getting a good job. Women owning businesses back then, and particularly Black women, that was unusual for me in these fields that I had chosen. Right. So I was very excited. And I um, did an internship at the state capitol in Nashville, Tennessee for my master's, and I landed a job at Tennessee Valley Authority. So I was working with the government, and Tennessee Valley Authority is unique in that it was quasi-public, quasi-private. So I learned a lot about both areas. And from there, I, I was always a little adventurous, and I was a manager of um, human resources. I had moved from purchasing agent up to manager of human resources, but I thought, I'm still not quite fulfilled. So I read this book. The best way in the world for a woman to make money. And wow! At that time,
0: Hang on, I'm gonna write that down. The be- I need to. Know, I need
1: to get no. that book. <laughs> but Susan, when you read that book, it's so old. Don't tell anyone about the year it was published. But anyway, it was going into sales, and you know, saying sales was not a dirty word, and you didn't have to be only a, a car salesman, which I think car salesmen are wonderful, but again not labeling so i decided i was going to go into sales so i uh, followed the ads in the paper and i became a pharmaceutical salesperson for warner lambert which is now owned by pfizer
0: wow i could see that i could see that (laughs) i buy something from you
1: (laughs) so i drove a u-haul truck with the stick shift (laughs) <laughs> uh, a 40-foot U-Haul truck with a stick shift to Indianapolis, Indiana, and started my career in sales.
0: Wow.
1: And um, I, I had a wonderful boss, Bob Jones, never forget him, great guy. And um, I, I sold pharmaceuticals. And then one day, there was an ad in the paper for a sales uh, account manager, for, account exec for Federal Express. And that was before they changed their name to FedEx. FedEx had started in Memphis, and this was still the startup years, and I called my mother, and I said, I called her Medea. Medea, had you heard of this company called Federal Express? And she said, yes, it's a great company. It started. Go for it. I applied for the job as account exec, and I started at FedEx.
0: Nice. And,
1: <laughs> so, um, and I know briefly, uh, I'll make my career short, but I started at FedEx and I started as account exec. One year later, I was promoted to manager. And so I moved from all the manager ranks up to upper middle management where I was a regional sales manager director in the Midwest.
0: That's no small task, my friend. I was their first incredible.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I was the first black female district sales manager for FedEx in the field. And I was the only black female district sales manager for FedEx in the field for nine years. before Wow. I um, and that was very rewarding, very rewarding. Um, from there, I was promoted to uh, national account manager, global account manager, and regional sales manager, where I led a team of 150 sales employees and managers and administrative staff. And... Um, I was really having a good time and then dot-com came along and I thought I could do what the guys did, which was go and go to a new startup and seek my fame and fortune. Little did I know that black female regional district sales managers weren't just going to be hired by leaving your company and seeking your fame and fortune. I picked a company that did not quite work for me and that I didn't know I was pregnant. And it was an at-will state, which is Illinois, and that was that. So I went and had my second child. Fortunately, I then was able to join a company that was a sister or a subsidiary or spinoff of IBM, Sears, and Motorola. And from there, IBM recruited me to become a project executive.
0: Wow! So I wow! So listen, let me just say. <laughs> From TVA, you you had me at Tennessee Valley Authority. I mean, that's well known. It's in history books. It's amazing. I mean, like everything you've done, you're dropping some big company names, right? Your pharma job, your FedEx job. Wow, this is incredible. Carry on, carry on.
1: (laughs) Well, I was fortunate enough to be recruited by IBM, and that was the Lou Gerstner years when they were focused on client relationships. Yes. And. I happened to be a client relationship manager and leader, and they needed that someone who could keep the warring factions of engineers and technical groups communicating to each other to get the problem resolved. So that was, I was in the right place at the right time with the right leader and vision of IBM at that time. I stayed there for almost 12 years. And um, then during the 2008, 2009, that whole, my husband was laid off. Um, he was, I was laid off. So we lost everything. Wow, I remember that. that time was terrible. It was terrible, which is why I can relate to people today who are struggling, who are yeah. concerned. It is very challenging and I would offer one thing is is is, is please, please don't give up, stay focused keep the faith because you can turn it around as I am here talking to you today. Right.
0: Clearly. Um, um, so I want to ask there, you, know, do you feel that way, Jared? I know. I mean, of course you have that grieving process that you go through when you lose everything. And the fact that you and your husband were laid off, my gosh, that's tough. What was it that kept you going through that tough time?
1: Oh, um, Susan, as I mentioned, Faith, focus, and just knowing that things will will turn around. So for me, it was faith and focus and staying mentally and physically fit. Yeah.
0: What Those do you mean by things. mentally fit?
1: Saying positive, reading positive books, listening to podcasts, meditation whatever works for you breathing whatever works for you so that you can keep your mind focused on your goal and the belief that you have it within you to turn this thing around that's what i mean
0: i love that i agree so folks those of you listening you've heard us um, on this podcast talk about win or learn never lose and i think that having faith and focus And creating your own reality, knowing that you can control a a great deal um, of what comes your way or is in your life. So that's that's a powerful lesson right there. I have to tell you, Janet, I didn't know all this about you. So carry on. I'm super excited to learn more.
1: Well, again, thanks for allowing me to share my story. And when I say faith, that means different things to different people. Yes. And whatever that means to an individual, let that be your faith. Part of my faith was that I believed that I needed to be here for my children. So that was something greater than me outside of myself. And when I could focus on something outside of myself, that didn't allow time for me to sit and wallow in self-pity and have those pity parties we can tend to have.
0: Uh, I do that sometimes. They've gotten shorter, right? So I've (laughs) realized that the longer I focus on that, the less time I'm focusing on the positive or the the desired outcome, if you will. Well, of all those journeys, um, that's a pretty big hit right there. But let me ask you, you have to be proud of this journey that you've taken. What might have been your proudest professional accomplishment? Or maybe you haven't had it yet. I don't know it it
1: it was definitely at fedex um
0: awesome
1: at FedEx, fedex gave me so much opportunity um i started a district for fedex and back then that was when um, fedex was the google if you will or the amazon the innovative up-and-coming company in america I was with them when they were the first company to reach a billion dollars in 10 years. I know you can do that now in 24 months, but that was a huge accomplishment back then. And for me to be a district sales manager with them was wonderful. I started the district, set up the office, hired from admin to all of the account executives. That was exciting. But then they asked me to start a national accounts team in the central region. So I recruited hired, trained, and coached seven national account managers with global responsibility around the world. And six of the seven made President's Club, which was the achievement above just reaching your um, 100% of gold that year. Six of the seven, seven's one missed it by two points because of a personal uh, situation. The team was so cohesive; they wanted to petition to give her the two percentage points Aww. that she needed. But of course, we couldn't do that. But, but that was my so proudest nice. moment. Yeah, we were we were a real team, and you know, teams need that cohesiveness and that collaboration. And I was uh named National Account Manager of the Year globally. Nice,
0: wow!
1: That was my proudest accomplishment.
0: What was your key takeaway from that experience? Um, You know, maybe if you could give us one lesson learned.
1: The biggest lesson learned was it takes a team and everyone on the team believing in the mission, believing in the goal. We set a goal that we were all going to go to President's Club together. And being there for the team with each of them being different and being able to be the best leader i could be for them so that we reached our goal so that's just um,
0: awesome. building awesome. that
1: camaraderie
0: so i think that some teams don't recognize that collaboration not competition is the way to go and you clearly lived that um that example of the team wanting to you know get their teammate two points that's amazing i don't know that um we see that enough right today or that we've ever seen that enough, but I certainly believe that competition should be saved for the field, uh, the sports field, right? And that collaboration is meant for the business field.
1: Yes, I, I agree with that. I, I think that healthy competition is good. I mean, I mean, we all play games. We all like to win. You know, someone has to win. That's how the, the our system and our society is set up but you don't have to win at the expense of others.
0: It doesn't have to be a zero sum game. Exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah. There's room enough for everyone.
0: Well, let me ask you, uh, you're very inspirational to me. Have you had someone who's been a mentor or who has inspired you along the way? Uh, um,
1: I've, I've had two people. My mother inspired me. Uh, she's no longer living. Um, her, I, I believe that I saw her resilience. I understood where her strength came from and I've taken that from her. And that's the things that I've shared with you earlier. Uh, and I, 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 I really appreciate what she instilled in us as children and what she left with us. And then I had a mentor friend. Um. Her name is Johnine Adams and I wanted to call her name. She has been there with me through every up and every down. Um, In that 10 year span that I mentioned um, from, you know, the 2008 and residual, I also lost my brother and sister within three weeks. I had a niece um, that took her life. Um, We had to sell our home. Our children were getting ready to go to college. We had to maintain for them, and then transitioning um, into new employment to help the family survive—all of those things. And this mentor has been with me that whole time,
0: and what a I, dark probably time. Her. I probably owe How did she help her. you?
1: She was there. She listened. Nice. She listened. She cared. Um, She showed love and and, and empathy and compassion, I mean, offering solutions, and I will never forget that, and um, she, her spirit, she was always up, and and that was a great mentor for me, Um, and and I I really, really appreciate that.
0: That's amazing. I think a lot of people go through life and never have someone like that, so um, as much as that was a terribly dark time, I can... I can imagine. I mean, I've lost many family members, but my God, that, that you had a, like a one-two punch, knockout punch, right? So I'm glad you had someone like that. And she's still in your life. That was really nice if you just shout out to her. Um, let me ask you this. In, in a business sense, how do you think women can help other women in business?
1: Women can help other women by sharing sharing their knowledge, sharing tips, sharing leads um, that can help them with their business. They can also refer when there's an opportunity, um, just making sure that if someone you know comes to mind, making sure that you bring her name up, that you are amplifying the work that she does and just being supportive. Again, back to that, sometimes we all need uh, a, a listening ear yes and so just being there for them
0: i believe that just no agenda of your own just be there as a vessel for someone else um lift as you rise right so yes. I, love that. I think that's why we're connected right we believe in that kind of approach to life um well i would ask you what has been your biggest challenge or setback and how did you overcome it um I mean, I, I know you've had more than one, and here you are today. So whatever you'd like to speak to, if you're comfortable speaking to it, share with us your biggest challenge and how you overcame it.
1: The things that I just shared with you in that last 10 years with challenges, and we talked about how I overcame it, so today as we live through these multiple compounded complex crises
0: that we are yes. going through, oh my god, 2020 is just like I just want to erase it from the calendar.
1: Using those things that I shared earlier and maybe that resonates with someone that they can overcome uh, and, and weather through what's happening today. And I think the biggest thing is letting go of control. We don't have control over so many things. And we spend a lot of time in angst and worry over things that if we ask ourselves and break it down to the least common denominator, what can we control? Or what can we have impact on? and do those things and let the other things go that's how I survive
0: that's beautiful I'm going to tell you I kind of I mean I went through some dark dark days most people don't know my story but someday I'll tell it Um, that that was the thinking that got me through was to realize you know control what you can let the rest roll away and then you know I mean that's the only that's how you have to define success it's not beating others or winning it's it's Competing against your own best self, the person you were yesterday, knowing what you can change, what you can't, and just sitting with it, right? The things you can't change, you got to just sit with them and move forward on your own. Um, You're so amazing. We should go. We need to have virtual coffee or wine. (laughs) Well, Susan, I'm listening to
1: you and and how well you're stating things. I'm saying maybe I should be interviewing Susan because- You are, you are saying it so well.
0: Well, I'm a storyteller, but I have a story to tell. And someday I'll publish that book. But this podcast is about you, my friend, not me. So why don't you tell us something surprising about you that maybe even um, some of your friends don't know?
1: <laughs> um, I think that what's surprising or it's hard for them to believe is how strongly introverted I am.
0: Oh yeah, that's hard for me to believe. <laughs> you approached me the first time we met. Yeah, that was impressive. Um I think that's beautiful. I'm i I'm an introvert at times too, so I get you, but I think people have, would have a hard time believing that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I um I'm 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 very shy about being called on. And because I'm extroverted, I get called on a lot. And I'm really very shy about that. Um so and i and i i need my alone time and i can perfectly and that's why i i feel guilty sometimes because this covid uh situation the shelter in place has not bothered me one bit
0: (laughs) yeah i hear you (laughs) let me just say one quick thing about that when i first started my own business and i was working from home because i was caretaking i was my mother's caregiver um i struggled mightily because I am mostly an ENFJ. Sometimes I get refueled by, you know, being alone writing in a journal, but mostly, as you know, I'm all about relationships and people and helping others. And da, da, da. It was so hard. I was so depressed. I gained weight. I was sad. I was like, honey, when are you coming home? Can you work from home? Why can't you work from home? He's like, I can't do my job working from home, which is so funny because now everybody knows you can, right? These jobs we have in the office, we can do from home. But at the time I went through some serious depression about it. I was like, I hate this. I miss people. I don't have any interaction. And so now I'm adjusted, well adjusted. I've got this going on. I know Zoom. I get my work done. But everybody else going through this because of COVID and shelter in place, they're like, this is terrible. It's so hard. And I know, I feel them. I'm like, I get it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, my introvert friends are like, dream. This is my dream. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and, and I must admit, when you were in pharmaceuticals, you work from home. Except yeah. when, you, you know, you go out to the doctor's office. And then 10 years of my IBM life, I worked from home. So I had a lot of experience in that as well. And I absolutely loved it. So at first I was like, oh, why is everybody upset? But I do get it. Um, And I I do like being with others and I get energy from being with others. um, But I can be perfectly happy alone.
0: So I'm I'm an ambivert is what Susan Cain calls it, Mm -hmm. where... you 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 need that diversity you need that balance you need that you know a little bit of this and then time to take a break (laughs) you know a little bit of that um but i'm like you as well so i think that that is something surprising to say that you're an introvert because you're so outgoing and you introduced yourself to me and um i'm just very lucky to know another ambivert so awesome let me ask you this so it's a time in my show where i propose to my guest Uh, And it's, you know, if you're risk averse, no big deal. Just say no, thank you. But if you're willing, I ask a wild card question. And that's a question that you don't know about, you haven't prepared for, you didn't know I was going to ask. And I pull it from a box of 144 questions. So you never know what you're going to get. Are you willing
1: I feel like I'm on the Ellen show.
0: Yes. <laughs> I love Ellen. No, I'm from New Orleans. That's my girl. I love Ellen. I, that's a compliment. Awesome, then. Good. All right, here we go. I need a drum roll or some kind of uh, background music. <laughs> Thank you. You're so talented. All right, here we go. Oh, this is an easy one. Oh, you got off easy. What is your idea of a perfect day? My
1: idea of a perfect day <laughs> is, that's not so easy for me because I like so many different things, but is to, to get up early enough to get my exercise in, whether it is walking, riding my bicycle, or just stretching at home, and uh, I, I always do some type of meditation or breathing or something even if it's just a five minutes so that's to start the day then throughout the day is to have um, one or two clients i love my work i love being a coach i love uh, facilitating the workshops and speaking with others and then just finishing the day um with either a quick quiet reading time
0: nice and
1: then going and spending the rest of the day watching the tv with my husband
0: you know it sounds like you really have your priorities in order and i think when people go through what you and i have been through we do have better perspective Um, we don't sweat the small stuff we can handle stuff that most people struggle handling Um, i want to take a minute now i don't let any of my guests sell or pitch but I would like people to know what you do for a living and then how to reach you if they want to know more. So tell us a little bit about your coaching.
1: Oh, I will. But I I do want to um, make one addition to that perfect day because that was kind of a business day but the perfect uh-huh. day is, is laying out on the beach. Oh, well, I'm with you there. <laughs> you <know? laughs> That's the perfect day being <laughs> at the water. But um, so my business, I am a coach and I specialize in teams and leadership and organizational coaching, business coaching, helping small businesses with their business plan, how to uh, um, focus on client relationship management, increasing their business, and um, thirdly diversity, equity, and inclusion.
0: Everybody needs all of that. And I have a lot of leaders in my network and I ask them, well, what is, what is your focus on DEI? I mean, how do you focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion? They're like, Oh, you know, some of them, I'm not going to call any names out, but some of them say, Oh, I don't do that. I just do leadership. And I'm like, well, you can't do leadership. If you don't include (laughs) DEI, that's not true leadership. Right. And uh, I'm all about that and making sure people focus on DEI in everything they do, in communications, in, you know, organizational management, in change management, in mm-hmm. leadership. So I'm with you on that. I think that's how we grew to grow, uh, you know, grew to be buddies is is right. that kind of focus and that connection. Um, right. You're amazing. If people want to reach you, I know how to reach you, but what if they want to reach you? Where can they reach you?
1: Oh, LinkedIn. And as you called out, Susan, it's Janet miller Evans. And please um, send the LinkedIn. I'd love to connect with you. And then my website is ww.intevas. And that's E-N-T-E-V-O-S dot
0: She's the boss at Intivos. Good job.
1: <laughs> and the <intervos, laughs> And in Latin. inter means being. boss means you. Oh, as I went through corporate, everyone, how can I just be myself? Why do I have to, you know, be this way in meetings? And I have an imposter syndrome and all the other things. And so I came up with being you, be yourself.
0: I love that. You know, um, I remind people often, they're like, I have to do this and I have to go there. And my title is this. And this is my job description. I'm like, but who are you? Um, I I think that often we become human doings rather than human beings and you remind us to just be, and that is so healthy. Um, You can tell you meditate. You can tell I meditate. We've studied all the Buddhist practices, no religion, just philosophy for me, but um, I really appreciate time with you. I always feel a little better about life when we um, hang up. So, Folks, I hope you feel a little better about life for having gotten to know Janet Miller-Evans. She's a rock star. She's warm and beautiful on the inside and out. And I'll put all this information in a blog so that in case you didn't jot down how to contact her, you'll be able to look that up on the blog on my website and just see um, her contact info and her LinkedIn profile so you can connect there. Janet, thank you so much.
1: Susan, thank you. And you talked about lifting women and I just have to give you a shout out for the work that you're doing. And I went to your first conference last year, last December, and I was blown away. It was fabulous. I cannot wait till we get out of shelter in place so you can do your next one.
0: You are so sweet to say that. I have to tell you, I I went through a little um, small depression about having to cancel that this year, but I'm not one. I believe that this is real. I have seen bad things come of this virus, and I do not want to jeopardize anyone's health and happiness. So thank you for saying that. That means so much. You're amazing.
1: Thank you. And, And I've enjoyed it, and I appreciate you having me on today.
0: Absolutely. Have a great day, everybody, and thanks for listening in. Bye-bye.